Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Jen Otero. And this is Melanie Wise. We are so glad that you've joined us today. And for those of you who are just joining us maybe for the first time today, we have been covering over this last month the very important topic of pornography. Yes. And we have covered a lot of ground. um, (laughs) And we are really, really um, looking forward to today's podcast. Um, We've talked about what pornography is, um, some of the roots behind it, um, Mm -hmm. the effects that it has on people and relationships. We've also talked just about the hope on the other side of it and um, that there is freedom available. And so we've we've kind of covered all of that, but we're going into a new territory today that we're really looking forward to. Um, I do want to go ahead and just make sure that we give everyone a heads up that just due to the nature of what we're talking about, you know, uh, this is probably not going to be appropriate for your young children to be around to listen to. So just wanted to make sure that people are aware of that Mm -hmm. as we go into today. Absolutely. And we will also add, if you have not listened to the last couple of weeks of these podcasts, we say this often, but it may be a time for you just to kind of push pause and to go back because we're so intentional about really building a good foundation Mm -hmm. as we do these series per se. So starting from weeks one through three would be really helpful lining up with what we're discussing today, um, which we're really, really excited. I think it's going to be really helpful. I'm excited to learn some things, but today we have another special guest with us today, Sarah Segan. She's actually an old staff member for Mercy, but now her and her husband lead just a campaign and organization called Parents Who Fight, and they really go out into the community and do a lot of work of making sure that parents, educators, people are just aware of pornography, what it does, just the reality of safeguarding your children as parents. And so Sarah's coming in today to just kind of share with us on that parenting perspective, how to address pornography, how to safeguard your children, and also what to do if for some reason your children have viewed it. And so Mm -hmm. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad you're here. Thank you guys. It's wonderful to be back. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Well, to kick off, Sarah, can you share a little bit about your background um, and just your current work in raising awareness in this really, really important area of pornography? Sure. Um, Of course, I was, you know, definitely already aware of the devastation pornography can bring to people's lives, even just thinking back to my own childhood and my husband's upbringing. But obviously all that was before the internet, which changed everything drastically. Um, So with the growth of high-speed internet, and then you add in smartphones, and now social media, I knew I could see that pornography was destroying lives and marriages, Mm -hmm. adults. Um, But I don't think I really understood how it was impacting kids until about four years ago. And it was at a time when my boys were in the first and the third grade. Mm -hmm. And they started talking about things at school that were alarming to us. Things that kids were saying um, about sex, about private parts, and just the nature of what was being said. We knew that it was extremely likely these kids were viewing pornography Mm -hmm. and we knew just being parents that it's easy to come across Mm -hmm. pornography even if you feel like you've locked everything down I mean we had had some really close calls with things before so um, we knew that it was something that kids could stumble into easily Mm -hmm. Um, we started talking to some of the parents around the elementary school and it was clear that it was a bigger problem Mm -hmm. than we were even aware of Um, so we really just started looking for answers at that point. We're just working parents. We were researching, finding out more of what we could do in our own home, going to conferences. And about that time, we asked our public school principal, elementary school, if we could do a presentation for the parents about some of the solutions that we had found. 
And he said yes. That's hmm. awesome. So, so we did this really small workshop for parents, which actually turned into other requests for workshops and resources. And before we knew it, we had started something. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really even intend to do anything beyond just helping our school. Um, but we felt like the Lord gave us the name Parents Who Fight and that it represented fighting for our kids' healthy futures and preserving mm-hmm. that. So these days we're doing um, presentations in churches and schools and consultations in homes or um, even with you know certain staff members at schools and really just sharing daily tips online. One of the biggest things that we felt like from the beginning is that we were to be a mouthpiece of all these great organizations we are coming across that yeah. are doing it full time yeah. and that we could be sharing the information that they had because they were so established. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we're doing daily. And really, it's not even just protecting against pornography, although that's kind of where we started. But there are so many other Internet dangers as yeah. well. There, you know, cyberbullying, mm-hmm. sexting is a big mm-hmm. thing, which is definitely tied to pornography. Um, and then just helping parents understand how to protect from predators. I mean, there, mm-hmm. it's just it's a huge issue. In fact, I would say it's probably the biggest parenting issue yeah. that we're coming across as parents don't know how to protect their kids wow. adequately. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sarah, you know, as we mentioned earlier, like we've talked quite a bit, had lots of different discussions on the topic of pornography over these last three weeks. Um, and obviously, as you've said, you guys are very much focused on empowering and educating parents. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Why you believe that the parents have such an important role in this specific issue? Well, I mean, obviously children don't understand the dangers of mm-hmm. technology. They mm-hmm. don't understand the dangers of a lot of things. Yeah. Sure. You know, to them it's only fun. It's cool. It's something that they um, are curious about. So that curiosity drives them onward and they aren't even really aware of how many risks. And the mm-hmm. risks are yeah. like multiplying exponentially. True. Because technology is advancing so quickly and it's already, you know, a challenging thing to wrap your arms around. But then when you just put into it the nature of the speed at which mm. it's developing mm-hmm. to the kids, that's cool. Yeah. You know, virtual reality comes out. They think this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be pornography. Yeah. On that, you know? yeah. Um, the Apple Watch, they're like, this is so amazing. I'm like, porn is on a watch. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they they're not wired to look for those risks. Sure. Um, but we as parents are. That's mm-hmm. our responsibility. And so kids really need the maturity and the wisdom and the boundaries that parents are going to bring to help keep them safe online because they wander very easily mm-hmm. into dangerous places. You know, most kids, we are constantly reminding parents of this, kids aren't in most situations intentionally looking yeah. for pornography. They're coming across it on accident because it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they're either coming across it themselves or they're hearing about it from other kids like our kids did. And um, in fact, one of the leading nonprofits in this space of raising awareness about the dangers of pornography, it's a great organization called Fight the New Drug. They report that 80% of unwanted exposure to pornography occurs in the home. Wow. Mm. And a lot of researchers that we're reading and coming across, they've lowered that average age of exposure down from 11, which is what it was when we first started two Mm -hmm. years ago, Hmm. now to eight. Wow. In two years. Yeah. And in fact, I just had a consultation with a... um, 
uh, therapist, a family therapist, who is saying she's had several nine-year-old mm-hmm. girls in the last month or so that are coming across it, and she just wanted to get up to speed on yeah. what resources she could give parents and, and just tips she could give them. Yeah. Um, so we've noticed that the risk of exposure, and I mean, this you know maybe seems like a logical jump, the risk of exposure, or a logical connection, I mean, is directly correlated to the amount of unsupervised access to the internet as well as the number of access points so that's supervised or not Mm -hmm. Um, so time how much time your kids are spending online and in how many places they're spending do they have their own phone do they have a family device are they at school you know a lot of schools are sending home technology with kids so that's a whole new Mm -hmm. access point and now that doesn't mean that supervision and, you know, doing all the things we're responsible for, locking down parental controls and all that, that's not going to be 100%, you know, proof positive your kid will never find pornography. Sure. That's right. not the world we live in. Yeah. But it will reduce the risks significantly. Um, and we found that most parents, they really want to protect their kids. Yeah. You know, they're not just being irresponsible because they don't think it's a big deal. It, in fact, two years ago, we kind of were trying to convince parents that pornography was an issue we don't even do that anymore Hmm. they know Mm -hmm. they want to know what to do about it so that's where we have spent our time focusing on solutions how how do they put their um, technology in its proper place in their home how do they lock things down they want to know how to do it and so we need to come alongside them to help which I think is reminding me too just about how you know you're talking about how kids just don't to them it's just like fun the internet's Mm -hmm. fun and there's no way that a child grasps the long-term life effects that right. pornography will have on their life. So as parents, that is on you to understand mm-hmm. that. And I mean, I do think that there are, there's still probably circles of people who just don't get it, who don't really understand why it's such sure. a big deal. Right. Which is why I'm like, make sure that you go back <laughs> and listen. Please listen to the last three weeks of podcast because we covered, mm-hmm. I learned things that I Me didn't too. even know from that time that we had together. So I just encourage you, if you have not listened into the last mm-hmm. three weeks and if you're thinking like I don't know why I don't really know that I understand why pornography is that big of a deal yeah, the significance of just it just go listen mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do so. yourself a favor mm-hmm. very important because as Mel said I came, I've come away from those times just going wow lord like I knew it was a big deal yeah. but even down to the brain chemistry and how yeah. things really do significantly shift yeah. as you're viewing these things right. and like you said Sarah it's like we're in a completely different world than we were yeah. you know 10, you 15, put on 20 that, years ago that brain chemistry science into a developing brain yeah a developing brain is much more at risk and i actually came across a statistic in a phenomenal um uh, packet of research by the barna group that's all about pornography it was put out last year called the porn effect and it says that 27 percent of millennials over 25 started viewing pornography before puberty And that, um, the number of millennials that are actively seeking pornography is like twice as many as Gen Xers at their age. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about how, how that's impacting as we continue to go younger hmm. and younger and younger right. on developing brains, it's it's staggering. Yeah. Wow. 
And as people that know Jesus and love Jesus, there's something to be said about understanding the the spiritual attack that the enemy is bringing against specifically this generation at a whole new level. Yeah. And how this is just another format of his way to get after our kids. So why it's so much more important to safeguard. Oh, I just love it. So Sarah, can you share with us a little bit more about why you are so passionate about this? Well, I think, you know, pornography is at the root of so many things in our society. Um, child sexual abuse is linked to pornography in ways that a lot of people do not discuss. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if there's an accident, almost always um, the news reporters will even say if alcohol or drugs were expected to be involved. Well, when it comes to child sexual abuse, pornography mm-hmm. it is the culprit. Mm. That is what drives abusers. Um, and, you know, I think when we look at adults, it's really easy to see the devastation. It, it's literally in the news every day, whether somebody has, you know, maybe a politician's um, lost their marriage or um, someone's trying to solicit a minor, child pornography found on a work laptop. I mean, these things are headlines all the time. And, and there's a lot of different situations, but pornography is a common denominator in these people's lives. And so it's fueling sexual abuse and it's fueling the demand for sex trafficking, among other mm-hmm. violent crimes against women. Um, and it's easy for society to look at these perpetrators as disgusting criminals or low life mm-hmm. abusers. But if we're going to see them as Jesus yeah. sees them, we have to go back to that point where they were a child themselves, likely, and their mind was hijacked by pornography and the addictive drug-like effect it has had over the course of their life you know we have to remember they were once an innocent child Mm -hmm. and if our desire is if we can protect more kids from pornography today then we help them know how to reject pornography as they grow yeah and we enable them to grow up with healthy hearts and minds so that they can truly receive the gospel of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and we just take that barrier right out of the way that stronghold out of the way that would prevent them from receiving God's love yeah. so that they can walk in the freedom in long-term freedom without life controlling issues without lifelong consequences mm-hmm. it's like we're preserving that family and that future today mm-hmm. while they're a child so that their marriage and their life doesn't get blown apart in 20 or 30 years. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Okay, so Sarah, we are all about practicality yes. on Mercy Talk. <laughs> so can you start sharing just some of the ways that people or the parents can safeguard their children? Yes. So one of the biggest things we recommend all the time is that people talk to their kids about pornography before they are exposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I know makes people feel shocked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing that years ago, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I, how would I talk to my then seven-year-old about right. these things? But kids deserve to be warned about the dangers of pornography mm-hmm. because it can be confusing, maybe a little bit exciting, possibly traumatizing mm-hmm. when they see it for the first time and no kid is going to know how to respond in a healthy way. They're kids. Yeah. Um, they need to know a strategy. Good. And there's an incredible uh, resource that we recommend called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And it's a read aloud book for parents and children that gives kids an action 
plan so they know what to do if they ever see a picture online that makes them feel yucky inside Mm -hmm. um, it's approached in a super gentle way the word sex is actually not even used in the book Wow! Um, and it gives them reasons to reject pornography so it goes into some of the brain science and what it does to you and it teaches kids why it's important to reject pornography Um, a key part of fighting for our kids is giving them the tools Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are going to be with them for the rest of their life and one day we tell this to parents they are going to walk out of your home with a smartphone in their back pocket to a college campus or a a new city or whatever and when they leave they need to have the skills to live a life that is clean Mm -hmm. from that kind of bondage Um, so in addition to initiating safety conversations that's the first place is parents have got to get a technology strategy and that's the part I think that's daunting because it feels like there's just so much Um, but that strategy needs to include boundaries big time and boundaries for kids as well as an expectation for the parents so the parents have to step up and hold themselves to a much higher standard of their knowledge of device safety Mm. and you know what we tell our kids is if we don't know how to protect it it's not coming in our home like we don't even have a smart tv because we're like we don't know how to do that like we have all these other bridges that we're trying to close off into your life so we're not going to just keep inviting the latest technology we we're pretty slow on those things mm-hmm. intentionally for them but we have to have a, uh, that sense of responsibility as parents first so their safety is our responsibility so we have to become more tech savvy and that means you know for a lot of people an easy way to get started on that is to go ahead and follow some organizations that are constantly talking about things that are impacting kids and technology. Um, Covenant Eyes is a great one. Parents Who Fight, of course, we have social media stuff. Um, Protect Young Minds, Protect Young Eyes. But Those are both two great organizations because when you do that, then you're constantly putting in your daily uh, news feed something that you might, oh, I'm going to talk to my kid about that. Yeah. Um, so, for example, this uh, last week or two, um, there was a big situation where um, there was a bunch of kids who were denied entrance into a prestigious university because of some things that they had posted online that were obscene. Mm. And that was something I talked to my son about because it was in my newsfeed. Mm. So if you have those opportunities, it's just great mm-hmm. conversation starters. That's good. So those are a couple of practical things I would say right out the gate. Yeah. And I think that's so, so, so good that you said it's not just about trying to keep it away. That's mm-hmm. part of it. Right. But like, it's not a matter of if your kids are going to be exposed to it. It's just a matter of when. And so having those conversations and giving them those tools yes. is so vitally important. Yeah. So I think I think we do hear a whole lot about like how to keep it out of your home, how to protect, how to, you know, put all of these different securities on your devices, which are important. But to have those conversations and have the resources on how to have those conversations is huge. Yeah. So well and that really leads into my next question for you, Sarah, because I think I mean the reality is Sarah that most kids will at some point come across pornography. So what would you say to parents whose kids have? Because that's a whole nother level. That's not that has moved out of the protection phase into the now we need to manage this phase. So what are your thoughts in that? Well I mean it happens all the time. People are reaching out to us all the time with various situations. Um, 
First of all, I would say to any parent who has found themselves in that situation that their initial response to their child has to be open, Mm -hmm. loving, without judgment. You know, we just, we have to constantly remember that the child in this situation is the one who's been victimized. That's right. They're the ones that have um, been offended against Mm -hmm. by, you know, the society, the pornography industry, possibly another child who, you know, showed them something. And so... um, I think, you know, you guys and all the work that you do here and the the constant dialogue about removing shame mm-hmm. and that being so important for lifelong freedom, that is essential to that kind of um, conversation when your child has, has been found to be looking at pornography. You have to remove the shame mm-hmm. and help them to understand that they didn't necessarily do anything wrong. That's right. Um, and, you know, helping them to see that their child is going to find that open Conversation much more safe to come back to because it's now it's an ongoing thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not just a one-time thing. It's it's an ongoing conversation. So, also when parents reach out to us about their kids being exposed, one of the first things we'll ask them is, who are the pastors or leaders in their life that they can lean into who can walk with their family through the healing process? Because it is a healing process. Mm-hmm. It's not just oh, you know, my cat, my kid was caught lying and so now I need to discipline them what do you suggest it's like this now we've this is the first day of the journey yeah and um, you know for us I mean a lot of times people will contact us they live in a totally different state Um, we may or may not know them or have a personal connection with them so we can't really be their confidants or um, provide them spiritual leadership because their family's unique situation needs someone who is there Mm -hmm. Um, we'll provide resources for them we will listen to them we will pray for them but um, I would encourage any parent to find who those partners are those trusted people and I it's interesting because we talk about removing the shame for the kids but I think a lot of parents go through shame when they mm-hmm. find out their kid has looked at pornography they feel like a failure they didn't protect them and they are very worried about the judgment of other parents or leaders that may come if they tell someone and so you know I always try to encourage people to break through that as a false lie from the yeah. enemy yeah. and if there is if somebody is judgmental they're not the person to walk you through it mm-hmm. move, move to another one yeah. because um, you are in a battle for your kids mm-hmm. and you need people that are going to go to war with you so finding those trusted people that you can uh, cry to you can be angry with that's not your child yeah, yeah so that your good. child isn't receiving your emotional response but a safe trusted leader or pastor is receiving that um, and I do think it's important that parents realize that your child may need professional counseling and depending on the level or the duration of the exposure I mean I would say that's got to be on the table Mm -hmm. it's not like oh I didn't realize it was that bad like that goes on the table immediately right is this something that is going to require this because you need to give your child that option Mm -hmm. to really get intentional healing that goes very very deep Um, and a lot of times the the story is unfolding so you may not know that right away you may not know what the extent that they've seen is Um, 
But if you are concerned at all about your child's emotional or mental or spiritual health, I would reach out to a professional if I were you. That's good. And I mean, there's so many things you can do even to uh, to help lock down, you know, devices in your home. I mean, basically everything has to be strictly reevaluated as far as technology and the points of access in your home. You have to be willing to make radical changes. Yeah. And because your child deserves that. Mm-hmm. And and so knowing what is truly necessary for your family, not obviously for the child, there's going to be major changes, but for your family, are there new habits that need to be created? Are there some you know things that just need to go away because they have too much control over all of your children? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a great resource that parents can download for free from covenanteyes.com. And that resource is called When Your Child is Looking at Porn. And they walk through several step-by-step things that'll really be a help for parents who are getting started in that journey. That's That's so great. Really great. I know you've mentioned quite a few different resources, Sarah, but before we start closing today, I want to be sure that we give you an opportunity to share any other resources that you would recommend to parents. Yeah, well, like I said, I already talked about good pictures, bad pictures, and that's a really good fit for kids who are ages 7 to 12, but they just came out with a good pictures, bad pictures junior, which is also a read-aloud book. It's a very simplified version, and that's really for preschoolers. So I would recommend that big time. Um, Again, it doesn't talk about sex. It just gives kids a plan for what to do when they see something that makes them feel bad. Mm -hmm. And for parents to become more educated and equipped in general, there's a great new book by Andy Crouch called The Tech Wise Family. And that has some fantastic research from, again, from the Barner Research Group. But it outlines how to keep technology in its proper place. And that's stuff that's going to help you as a parent just kind of do a gut level check of how much of a hold technology has on your life. And then, like I said, there are ebooks from Covenant Eyes, which is um, a great organization that provides filtering and monitoring for your devices. Um, and there's another organization called Protect Young Eyes, and they are sharing videos all the time, very how-to um, kinds of things, what can be done, what, what this new app came out, what do parents need to know about it. And then finally, a brand new online portal called My Secure Family that has really a collection of some of the greatest organizations out there and the research and talking points for your kids. So those are the top ones that we recommend. Um, For technology solutions, we really highly recommend Covenant Eyes because it provides accountability. It's not just you're blocking stuff. Right. You're actually seeing, oh, okay, you're looking at these things. Maybe it's not as, it's not pornography yet, but you need to know that these gaming websites, they're coming up on my report about you. They're flagged on purpose because they lead to more dangerous places. Mm -hmm. So that accountability is like conversation starters. And then we started using um, another great technology solution last year called Circle, which is a Wi-Fi filtering service for your home. It's not a service. It's a box you plug into your wall. It finds all the devices in your home and you can set parameters on every device or every profile. 
profile. Wow. So you can oh, that's li- great. explicitly like block what kids are seeing, how much time they have. You can give it a bedtime. You can pause the internet. So these two things for us have been extremely valuable to protect our kids mm-hmm. and to give us some legs to talk to them about some of the areas where they make mistakes so that they can grow because you have to train them. Mm-hmm. It has to be a process of training. And then the basics. I mean, every parent needs to know how to lock down Google Safe Search. Every single parent needs to know that. They need to know how to put restrictive mode on YouTube. Those are probably the top two things that mm-hmm. kids are finding pornography. And all of those things, we have videos and resources and step-by-step on our website. So you can go there and really just get walked through how do I do those things. So, so, so good. Great. Ah, so helpful. Yes. Well, Sarah, before we wrap up for today, do you have any final thoughts, encouragements, anything else that you would say to parents that are listening? Um, I think one of the things that we're constantly saying and trying to encourage parents is just to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, Technology is moving us all so fast. And I think it's okay to say, no, we're not going to we're not going to do that yet. We're not going to cross that bridge. Um, We're seeing younger and younger kids have more and more access to their own devices and to social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the elementary school, we're seeing a huge uptick of social media use Mm -hmm. and a lot. A lot of parents don't realize what that is opening up to their kids. Mm. Um, a lot of parents don't realize that social media can't be filtered in any way. It's an app, so it's proprietary software, so you're not going to be able to block anything. And so just encouraging parents, like, they'll get there eventually. You know, don't you don't need to rush it. Mm-hmm. We can slow those things down. I mean, there was an article circulating about how Bill Gates didn't give his kids smartphones till they were 14. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I think people like that. They understand the risks of technology because they're entrenched in it. Mm-hmm. And so we can take a lesson from that. Um, and just because of all the risks that are out there, I mean, we're really on a mission to uh, help parents understand the need for delayed device acquisition and delayed social media use and um, you know climb a tree with your kid (laughs) ride a bike (laughs) build a fort camping you know uh, there's a great organization that that puts out daily things like that and they say there's no app for that you know Mm -hmm. there's nothing that's going to feed your kid's soul like being with them Mm -hmm. and there's no parental control that's as strong as an engaged, loving parent. So slow down, be with your kids, make the most of that childhood because Mm -hmm. it's a phase and you don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Really good. Sarah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Just love it. And if you would like to know more about Parents Who Fight, you can check them out at parentswhofight.com. Well, this has been an awesome month of Mm. so much. I feel like I'm still processing it all. So if you have any questions or comments, you're welcome to email us at mercytalk at mercymultiply.com. And we hope that you'll join us next week. 